And here we are, back with your livable garden. Michael Sean, along with... Blinda and Kelly. I love being a landscape architect. It is so much fun. I love that you are one as well. We were wandering around last week. I had a client over who said... We only wander in Texas, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. Wander. <laughs> I wander a lot. I don't think in France they wander. You don't think so? uh uh-uh. oh. I don't think they I do. think they wonder a few things. They They're wonder, wandering. but they don't wander? Yeah. They're not wandering. Well, anyway... As I wandered by, it's so interesting when someone comes by the office and they've never been there before. And after looking around, they say, "You get to work here. This is your office." <laughs> and because it, yeah. it it does happen, you can get all tied up and making sure the supplies are getting out there and the crew ready. We got the right equipment. Let's check that elevation again. Make sure we got that, or we got the right pavers out there. Oh, wait a minute, she changed her mind. We want to change this out. What's a different color on the wall? And wait a minute, she wants to change this. Wait a minute. We have to do this. Okay, let's make sure we got all of our notes together. Make sure this thing's going right. Get the contractors out there. Make sure this guy's out before this guy gets in. Don't block the street, people. And it's just all these things to get involved with doing the work out there on the job. Make sure it's the right soil mix. Don't make, you know. We get the point. And you sit back and you say, look at this. Look at the woodpecker up there. Isn't that beautiful? Look at the chameleon. Oh, yeah. Look at, so you stop, you stop, you're listening Listening to the fountain. Listening to the water. Mm -hmm. Looking at the water lilies coming up and blooming. So it's, it's really a, uh, it's a great place. If you want to come by during the week and see just some fun, beautiful gardens, take a look at beautiful patios, different types of courtyards, different types of water features, come on by. We're only two miles west of I-45 in spring, right off of Cypress Wood. It's worth a drive. Come on. I think you'll have a good time. You'll, it will give you many ideas for things that you can do. We're always redoing something somewhere, too. It's a constant turnover over all the acreage that we have planted in garden types, so... Uh, Think you'll have a good time. So you say we have a few questions. Well, I was going to ask you because a lot, a lot of times I just get these practical problems and, and stuff that people will call or ask or come by. And one of them this week was uh, they wanted I want to begin a construction project in our backyard this summer and wondered if you could go through the process of sand laid pavers. So, oh um, yeah, sand laid pavers. I think more and more people are considering doing the sand laid brick. They have different types of. Um, brand names, be it Pavestone or Bellegarde. Um, there's different ones that you see at the big box stores. There's different thicknesses and varieties. But basically, you're going to form your uh, your patio really the same way you would form for concrete. You must have slope on the patio. You cannot build them perfectly level and flat. You've got to have the water come off the patio the same way as if it were solid concrete. I think a lot of people assume, since it's sand laid, that the water will percolate no, it's not through going that to, as yeah. fast as it drops. Most people think, yeah, I think you're right. They think it's just going to soak on through. There's not a whole lot of soaking going on. It's going to run off almost 100%. And it also depends on the type of paver. Some of them fit, they're, they're square, they fit very tight up next to each other. Some of them have rounded corners, so you do have a little bit of spot where water could penetrate. And some of them are tumbled where those right. edges well, are very. But for the up. most part, you don't have to follow the same type of of base that they do up north. Up north, there's all sorts of layers of gravel and different courses of gravel. Really, down here in this area, you can use a firm base. Now, we've actually, years ago, we did nothing but pure sand, and some of those patios are still beautiful. just depends on how much the soil moves. Normally, now, we use about two to three inches of compacted crushed granite gravel. We put the crushed granite gravel down. It's compacted. We've got our grade stakes put in. We've determined you know, what the slope's going to be. In general, an inch for every 10 feet will give you enough to move the water off the patio, one inch of drop for every 10 feet, somewhere close to that. 
two inches is okay. More than two inches, it's beginning to feel a little slopey, but somewhere between one and two inches will give you what you're looking for to get the water to move across the patio. Your base is crushed granite gravel. Put just a little bit of sand on top of that, and it has to be that that fine masonry sand or play sand, something that's not having any clods of clay in it. And you're only putting a little bit of that on there just to help level the brick and settle it in. Because when you're done, you're going to run your vibrator compactor over the whole thing and pack it in real tight. Put some type of restraint on it. That was it's, That's the thing that goes on the edge. It could be metal edging. There's some aluminum uh, um, restraints that are made for pavers. Some people like to put in a little bit of concrete. It's not necessarily my favorite. But you mean to border the to edge? J- just to hold that edge in Stabilize place. Stabilize it. Right. But you use the galvanized edging, really, with those spikes. Right, and... right. Kind of stabilize it. Well, there you go. I think that's a that's but that's a good that's answer. basically the great thing about the pavers, above almost every other type of paving that we have. And that includes all types of concrete, whether it's stamped or dyed or stained or pea gravel concrete. Is that concrete is guaranteed to crack at some point? It's going to crack. That's just the nature of our soils. It moves around a whole lot. If you're doing patios of different heights, you've got certain amounts of fill going underneath them. And you want it's going to be some settling. You're probably not you're not going to get it compacted completely. So over the years, there'll be a little bit of settling that takes place. The great thing about pavers, you can pick them up, re-level them, put them back down, and they look as good as they did before you picked them up. Concrete, you're looking at a patch job or jackhammering everything out. And Even those small it. cracks, you try to go out there and patch them. I mean, you really can't because concrete on concrete, anything sitting on concrete is just going to end up cracking. It's going to crack also. And it'll crumble off. So those patches that y'all are doing out there, it, it's, it will, it's it'll wasted money and yeah, effort. It really will. And, Don't and even. Just, it's going to make it look worse. So just highlight it. You might as well take a spotlight and put it out there. Which really, if you do any kind of um, concrete overlay, it's probably going to crack. If you've got a crack in the concrete and you overlay it with something else, it's going to crack. So... Well, and, you know, you have to think, and moving on to pavers and things like that around the pool, though, you always think about safety conditions and, you know, what do you want to do if if that decking starts moving around the pool itself, you know, basically the gunite's guaranteed what for life, right? Oh, yeah. So life of the pool, the life. And, And so you think about, well, if you pour that concrete deck around that, even though there is that little expansion joint, the deck is going to crack if it's a concrete deck. Eventually, it will crack no matter right. how many expansion joints you put in there. And <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it just doesn't matter. We, You know, we're, we're the Gulf Coast area, and if you've just moved down to our area from wherever, which we have several families now that have just moved here from other places or um, are not used to our Gulf Coast area, even though we've been in a drought, we still have ground movement with a drought. Movement's still happening, so we have to be careful. And you know, there are very few, I, I I found I think there are very few places in the country where the ground doesn't move. You've got to be mm-hmm. on sandy. Now I had a teacher back at A and M that had a uh, his practice before he started teaching was in Florida. He said they didn't they didn't even put steel in their concrete there for patios because that sand wasn't really. I mean, the sand was actually a good base to pour on. They didn't have the shrink swell that the uh, that the clay soil here does. But throughout the South, golly, that Alabama red clay, Georgia red clay. All the way through there's, Florida. There's uh, mm-hmm. the muck that's over there in uh, Louisiana, just like our muck over here. That soil's moving. So a, a good patio that has a little bit of give to it, like sand laid brick, is a great way to go. Do we, um, what else do you have there? Um, I have, well, here you go. Do you recognize elevations and slopes right away? Or does it take something to expose that for your design? If so, how? Kind of brings me back to that uh, wandering the golf course a little bit there, recognizing slopes. Have you ever, Glenn Bob, playing golf, have you ever thought the ball was going to go about 
two feet right when you're putting it. So you give it a, you're, you play the break for two feet right, only to find out it goes about six feet left. <laughs> yes. Or or the one that, that you know it, it's going to be just an arrow to the hole. Yep. And then. Just you, dies you, off someplace. You catch yeah. it in, in Colorado County. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you know, how did that happen? It's really the wind's this, not blowing here. It's amazing. You know, it's Picking up the slope, that's one of the few things actually I do real well. I can putt well, but it's because of all the time working of slope and drainage, I think. We go out to so many people's yards while we were talking about doing that little retaining wall in the front yard. They'll say, we could do that little retaining wall, do a courtyard. He says, well, what, how are you going to build a wall? I mean, how are you going to fill in around it? I said, well, you've got enough slope. We can do a little cut and fill. It's going to work out great. He says, well, the front yard's real flat. No, you've got about a two-foot drop between the front door and the street. It, no, yeah, you do. But it's really a uh, – most yards have a good slope to them. Few people can pick it up. It's just one of the few things that – one of the very few so things So what do that, you use if you get out there and go, wow, this thing just dropped six inches? Or, you know, how are you picking up on that? And Well, there's different ways. One, one way is you have to do retaining walls. You see so many swimming pools where the pool stuck up out of the ground and all the things they had to do because no one – worked on the slope on the front end to see what was going to happen where they're trying to do retaining walls or the they've got to do some really weird things with a pool to make it work out because the slope's not right the pool goes in the the patio nose dives from the pool going back toward the house then slopes back up and people are sitting on these patios that are okay we got a quite a question out there in the live audience glenn bob <laughs> so um, you said they had to do so many weird things what is a weird give me an example of a weird thing that they had to do to get the pool in the, okay, let's say the pool's in, they've got the elevation set on the pool, but the pool is sitting higher than the slab of the house. So you take your concrete between the pool and the house, and as it goes away from the pool toward the house, it's sloping down so fast that you can't sit on a table and chair set there. And then it gets to a low point where the dr drain uh, grate is, and then it slopes back up to the house. And by the time they do that to work the grate out, you can't put a chair anyway. We just recently... Went over to a person's house. They had an existing pool, beautiful patio set that they bought when they moved into the house. They couldn't sit on their patio. And they brought me out there and said, we can't even get our patio chair and table set out here without it wobbling so there's not a level place to put it. And I said, well, that's because the pool builders really didn't know how to put the pool in at the right, correct elevation, or they did not design it for the slope you have. So they just stuck it in Which the Which sounds bizarre, but it, it happens. We've seen it oh, over and over, over again. And, over, yeah. and a lot of the things that, that we have done is drop that um, the deck around the pool and expose that beam of the, the swimming pool. So the, the pool, you know, is up the six inches, and then you drop the deck down, and then you'd have to do the stonework around the beam of the pool in order that it's finished now and sits on there. But that, that way, you fixed how many? I mean, We've done many pools that a way. A lot of pool on remodels. On a pool redo. We exactly. rip out the whole patio put the patio in level, now the pool's sitting too high for the patio if you, you know, just leave it that way. But if you do a step up to the pool, it works great. Well, and it's funny because sometimes people will call and say, hey, Belinda, we really want to add a water feature to our pool, the backyard. It's kind of, we, we need something out there to draw us back out there. But when we go out there, our biggest red flag is, wow, your deck is, you know, at such an angle that you, you really can't, you're not going to enjoy standing around it. I mean, it is only access to your pool and, you know, you throw a bag of marbles on a deck like that, and you're going to see real fast <laughs> what happens and why they did what they did. So That's a good way to check out slope, throw yeah. a bag of marbles out there. Yeah, I remember years ago one time we were talking about drainage, and a lady said, well, I just don't know where the water goes. And you said, well, take a hose up on top of your roof of your house. 
put the hose on it, turn it on. Now go out there and follow that water coming off your roof. And she followed it, and she she loved that idea. But I remember thinking, what are you telling her to do? But it sure worked. You'll see where that drip line is. You'll see where your water travels once it does hit your property. And it will rain again, and you will soon remember where that water stands. (laughs) I must say that making enough mistakes early on, you start looking for these things. Once you've been doing this for 30 years, and you've had to go back and redo a few projects where you say, wow, how did I mess that up? And I must admit, I messed a few up early on. I had to go back and fix them. So then you start, you take everything you learned in school, it starts making more sense when you see it become applied out in the field like that. I think it's more than that. I think it's not just the mistakes that we've made, but I think it's seeing those mistakes. It's like in my family growing up. I was Uh the youngest of six kids. (laughs) This is a visual for everybody. If I had been an only child, I am telling you, I would have done things different. I would have. I probably would have been more adventurous. I probably would have gotten in trouble a little bit. But my brothers and sisters pulled every stunt known to man. I mean, if it was out there, they got into trouble. I mean, they <laughs> they did stuff that was so shocking, I was paralyzed. I just didn't do anything. So you didn't need to do it, right? <laughs> so I'm telling you, when we go out to all these homes and they've had work, people are building gardens, and you go out there and you see these huge lots out there, and they're on two and a half acres, and they've got a huge home, and you look in the backyard, and they've got two arbors that are so far apart from one another, you wonder if they're in the same lot. And you wonder, how did that mistake happen? I mean, these arbors are beautifully built, just exquisite craftsmanship. But never going to be used. They're not functional. They're so far from the backyard that you're wondering, they want us to fix this? I mean, how how are you going to unite that? Um, But there are other expenses that we see, like, you know, the the decks that we've not, we've not poured a deck at that poor of an angle, right? No, no, it's pretty hard to make a mistake like that. And then you see, well, wow, that's something we're not going to do, and how are we going to fix it? Much less, how are we going to keep from ever doing that, right? You get that elevation right on the front end. You told me not to laugh when I look at these things in people's houses. I say, I start laughing, wow, how'd this ever happen? 